Okay, good morning. Man, I now, this is, I know all these faces <laughs> in, in this group. Um, man, it is good to be here with you this morning. My name is Del Thomas, uh, fellowship leader here at MBT. And the one thing I want to make sure that I, I say now, not everybody is in my fellowship. And I'm going to, you know, not try to steal any of Kenny's. But if there is somebody that is not in a fellowship, what those are are little opportunities to get to know people on a smaller scale. And so there's preaching on Sunday mornings, there's different activities and events and things like that that we have, a part of the fellowships. There's myself and Kenny is in that. I don't think I see any other fellowship leaders in here. But if that's something that you're interested in, you can talk to me, or talk to Kenny, actually just talk to me, come into Faith Fellowship. (laughs) And, um, and then you can be, I'll tell you all about it. We meet at nine. Uh, Brother Kenny also meets at nine, and both of us are in the Warwick Theater. And so if anybody uh, is looking for a place to kind of nail down, that'd be a good spot for you to come to. We'd love to have you. Um, so now that I've kind of gotten those things uh, out of the way, Pastor Sam, obviously I'm filling in for him. He's still a little bit under the weather. Uh, I jokingly said, you know, in the last service, don't worry about him. He's a country boy, and so he'll just go slaughter some chickens or something, and he'll be better, because <laughs> that's what farm people do. I don't know. I'm city boy. I don't know. <laughs> and so he will be fine. He sounded good. I talked to him. It was a good amount of time, and so it was just nice to be able to hear from him. But I wanted to make sure that I, uh, I took the opportunity that he was presenting to me. So with that, be turning in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 3. And while you are turning to that chapter and that book, like I said, I have been a fellowship leader for four and a half years, been a Mint Town member for 12 years, and uh, my wife and I. And prior to that, there were a lot of things that I was doing in the church. Um, I was on the security team, uh, discipleship team, cleaning teams. I think I took Sam's cleaning team, and then, and then Serena and I had it. Uh, we've discipled, whatever, you know, we've just tried to fill in and be a part of that. The reason I mention all of those things is because all of those things really is the Lord was laying the groundwork for Faith Fellowship. But I, I, I misunderstood all the other decisions that would come along with being fellowship leader. You know, I remember, and Kenny actually, him being in here is special for me in particular because he was the first person that kind of mentioned, hey, you should be praying about that. And I wanted to respond. That is the behavior that I've tried to, you know, exhibit in this church throughout is that if there was a need that I would fill that need and be a part. But the one thing is I had not really considered in my heart what that meant. And so today, that's what I'm trying to set you up for. You see the title is a biblical response. And the thing that I want you to understand is it's more than just saying yes to something. It's more than just signing up for something. It's more than just maybe telling somebody, hey, I'll come over to your Bible study. There are a series of decisions that you're going to have to make in order for you to truly purchase that biblical response that you're looking for. And so... I um, have to be honest with you, this is going to fillet me open a little bit um, that, praise the Lord, um, that's the intention behind this message. 
I was just telling Kenny, the first time that I preached this was when Dan was commissioned to go to Lee Summit, and uh, I had the horrible task of trying to preach to his people after he had just told them that he was leaving. The tears on their faces, I mean, I don't know if anybody heard me, <laughs> because it was just streaming tears the whole time, right? And um, I was okay. I love to do, but you know, hey, get on. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's my, that guy, we are like this, and so I'm kidding. But um, really, I'm, I hope they didn't hear it. Because there's something about this passage, I'm going to tell you that about me, that this passage uh, meant too much to me for too long. And it is, what we're going to see is some insecurities from Moses that I fully embraced. And I would say, unfortunately, I carried those insecurities as fellowship leader in this building for too long. And so this is the uh, jump out party. Notice I'm, I'm not come out, okay. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> we don't roll like that in here. But the jump out, okay, is that, uh, man, praise the Lord, I have moved on from that way of thinking. And so I gotta tell you how to stay away from that, okay? And that's what the goal is today. So now. As we look at Exodus chapter 3, let me just bring you up to speed. This is a great chapter that is essentially the discussion between God and Moses about what it is that he's going to do. We know, for those of us that have, you know, have studied the Word of God, that this is now the putting in action the promise that has been kind of laid out, starting from Abraham, working his way all the way to Joseph, and then what Joseph says, hey, when surely the Lord will get you out of here, make sure you take my bones out because I ain't from here, I don't want to be from here, get me out of here. Okay, yeah. And the Lord is showing up in front of Moses and saying, hey, it's you. But the thing prior to that is why is Moses in a desert? If you know anything about Moses, well, that, that's not where he grew up. That's where he ended up. And so there's something that we have to consider about him this is a kind of self-imposed exile that is due to him jumping the gun before the Lord was ready to put him into play. Boy, and uh, how many of us have that same thing? You know, it's like you, you think that you hear the Lord is saying these things, you need to move forward in faith, and then you're going to go and you're going to try to do that in your own power, and it is a disaster. And then what you do is retreat so far back, nobody ever sees you. See, I want to avoid that this morning. It is only by the grace of God that I can be standing here preaching to you, because I don't know how many times that I quit in my head, that if my car could have just kept going, I would have. But man, I made it. And I think it's those little bitty decisions that the Lord would just kept little by little. Come on, son, come on. And so we, we need to pay attention to them, because they are specific to this text specific in your life and of critical need for you to have to do in order for you to see what it is that God has for you. If we just consider him and consider something really in Acts 7.25, it says, for he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them, but they understood not. Well, why not? This 40 years of exile could have been avoided. His life was special. And God intended to use him, but not like this. He's of the household of Levi, which doesn't mean anything at this point, but it will 
<laughs> soon. He was a goodly child, the Bible says. He was spared. His life was spared. There was an evil decree upon the land to kill the males, and he would have been a part of that. And for sure, there were some that died, but the Lord spared his life. Spared his life so much that now Pharaoh's daughter sees him, plucks him out, and then hires his mom to raise him in their house. I mean, the Jeff moving on up. I mean, we just went from a hutch, hatch, thatch house to the penthouse, the best house in the land. God has some plans for this guy. Not every kid was having that same opportunity. But again, how did he get to the desert? Well, you know, I think there's a point, and in Acts, it kind of lays out very concisely that essentially what happens is he's been fed truth by his mother the whole time. This is who you really are. Don't get used. You're not Egyptian. Come on now. Pay attention. And so he goes out. He's about 40 years old. Sees his brother out there being smited by an Egyptian. Takes that Egyptian, kills him. Hides his body in the sand. And he thinks that, I, I think, you know, he's probably thinking like they're going to some applause or there's going to be streamers or something that come out when he, no, <laughs> that was not the response. His own brother said, man, who made you a ruler over us? Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Yes, nobody likes you. Get out. So he bails, goes to Midian, and it is in this time that now the Lord lets him stay there and works out all of these things that he has. And I just wondered this morning, has your life kind of been like that? You know that there's something unique and special. There's a way that when you hear the word of God, it, man, it just flutters in your heart, but you're kind of still in the same spot you was last year and the year before that. I think we may have an opportunity because that's what the Lord gave him. I'm here to tell you this morning, the Lord is not done with you. If you have breath in your lungs, the Lord is not done with you. And there is a great potential for you to actually move forward in faith because the Lord's hand is stretched out this morning for you to make a decision. He had to learn a few things. He had to learn to care for the things of others. He has a father-in-law now, and that father-in-law has a flock, and he is now the shepherd of that flock. He had to learn to care for others. He has a family, his children. He didn't have any of that. When he was high rolling in the penthouse, it was just Moses all the time. And you, I can imagine, uh, because uh, Egypt wouldn't have been a good example <laughs> of uh, selflessness, man, it was probably him, all, you know. So it took 40 years for the Lord to sort those things out of him. Let him come to grips with this place that now he had found himself at. And the Lord still blessed him by giving him some purpose, giving him a family. See, you ought to be comforted by that. Because even though sometimes you think that the Lord is done with you, you better look around. You still are, you're doing all right. You're alive. You may have some semblance of your health. You have some family. Got a church home. Guys, there are people that don't have any of that. You have that. 
So it's time to start changing that viewpoint. Let's get one that has more victory behind it and less defeat. And so now we find ourselves in a spot in the desert. I'm a man that had a lot of plans, but none of those plans have come to fruition. And now I find myself in the desert, Mount Sinai. The men that wanted him brought to justice were dead. And then here's the incredible thing that the Lord says to him. In Exodus 3, 7 through 9, let's look at the text here. It says, and the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Guys, you ought to rejoice this morning that the Lord sees, he hears, and he knows your affliction. You should take great comfort in that. As adults, a lot of times we really wrestle with that because we kind of feel like we're out there just by ourselves, and I'm telling you, the Lord is with you the whole time. And when you hurt, he hurts. And I love that he's telling Moses, man, I've seen it. I've heard it. I know it intimately. Let's look at what the rest of he says. Verse 8, and I am come down. <sighs> mm. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land unto a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Prizites and the, and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. And so here it is, the key verse for me in this chapter, verse 10, come now therefore and I will send thee unto Pharaoh that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And so here it is, opportunity. It's Opportunity Sunday. That's what this could be for you. You notice how the Lord isn't mentioning your past. You notice how the Lord is not mentioning the circumstance that he's in. He's just coming in front of him with a great opportunity to move forward in faith. How about you this morning? Man, I know you guys were in fellowship time with Brother Kenny and, and, and Brother James. Man, I know it was good. I know you heard something that you have to consider this morning. My thesis is this. A biblical response consists of multiple decisions to follow Jesus. A biblical response consists of multiple decisions to follow Jesus. It's not going to be one and done. It's not going to be just because you raised your hand. You signed up on a clipboard. You handed out your number to somebody. You're going to have to do the next step of follow through in order to see that response truly be biblical. Man, that, it got me. You know, when I was thinking about this and just revisiting this and just all of the failure and defeat that I just kind of took in, and I'm going to tell you, it's the part of key point number one. Start becoming less interested in your own ability. Critical decisions have to be made, guys, in order for us to actually get that biblical response to be worked out. You've got to become less interested in that. 
If the, if the overwhelming issue is that you are incapable, is, which is why you are not doing the thing that the Lord has put in front of you, man, let me just tell you, uh, it's okay. When he asked you, he considered your shortcomings. It's not a surprise to him, guys. It's not a surprise at all. Verse 11, look at what he says. And Moses said unto God, who am I that I should go into Pharaoh? After all the beauty that the Lord has just laid out and just said, I see and I hear afflictions and I, man, I come to do something about it. And the first thing he says is, who am I that I should? Come on, bro. I felt the same way. You know, being, the one thing is, is I, mean, I, I felt as a fellowship leader, honestly, I felt like a fraud, like an imposter, uh, like I was this short term. This was, I'm, I'm really just a stopgap for somebody else. How are you going to serve the Lord with that kind of attitude? And I can tell you, praise the Lord, I, faith fellowship still exists. It's actually bigger than it was when it started. Man, God is good. He's merciful. My leaders let me sort this stuff out and work through it publicly. But I'm here to tell you, man, I'm on the other side of that. And it's not like it's something I don't have to make more decisions about going forward. I understand that. But, man, I'm telling you, I feel... Refresh. It's like I have um, oxygen in my lungs. Because now I already know I'm just, I'm okay with it. Man, I'm terrible. Hey, great. What do I get to do next? I haven't earned anything. The one I felt like I made a quantum leap from, because it was literally the, the security team one Sunday, and I remember telling the pastors, uh, somebody going to get me off the security team if I'm going to be in faith fellowship next week? And then, you know, of course, Kenny is like, oh, you know, we'll handle that. You know, kind of. <laughs> and it's James Earl Jones. <laughs> I'm just teasing, brother. And so, okay, I'm, you know, I show up, and I'm like, man, what else? Right? See, I'm telling you this because there's a Bible study that somebody has asked you to help co-lead that you just bowed out of. You need to sign up for COD. You need to finish D1. You need to finish LFBI. You signed up. Was that a biblical response? Man, I'm telling you, come on. Let's finish. Let's finish. It's not about your own ability. Man, listen, you know, it's hard for you to maybe do this thing or that thing. The Lord already knows. He's got it sorted out. Let me show you. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather... Glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That's not what we want to do, though. What we generally want to do is be ready 
in a way that says, I am strong myself. I don't need the Lord's strength. That is where we feel the most comfortable in our minds. We think that that's gonna work, right? That if I had done all, I ticked all the boxes, I had all the, you know, I've been through LFBI twice, now I'm teaching it. Well, sure, it makes logical sense to be fellowship leader. The Lord is beyond logic. He is beyond that. It doesn't have to make sense to you. You just got to agree with him that it's right. And I had to come to that, that understanding. If the Lord had put it in front of me, that nothing about my flesh was going to stop it as long as I put myself in front of him. Man, that's incredible to me. That gave me great courage, gradually, because <laughs> it was not immediate. <laughs> it was not immediate. And so, I'm, listen, I'm telling you, there are some things that you need to be a part of, you need to start, and you signed up for every year, and you still haven't followed through. Follow through. Come, be a part. The second point of study is this, never underestimate God's power, but rather be comforted by his presence. In verse 12, he says, and certainly I will be with thee. Wow. The God of everything is guaranteeing that he will be there. If he told me to jump off a building, I, you should, okay. Because apparently he's gonna be with me. I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't have to know. Guys, at what point do we try to box God in? We got to know all the details. If he said he's going to be with us, we just got to believe it. It's a position that I forgot. And what happens when you're in a spot like this is you tend to feel very lonely. Now, there is a built-in part of leadership that needs to be somewhat lonely because you, you need to... Find your um, satisfaction in the Lord solely. And so that's what the Lord was essentially doing with me. It wasn't going to be enough just to have, you know, great people in. I, they couldn't help me from Sunday to Sunday because I'm the one that has to be in front. So who am I going to lean on then? I can't lean on someone. I got to ask the Lord. It's my class. I got I to stand in the role that he's saying. And so listen, your Bible study, it, that discipleship pairing, some of us are so afraid of, you know, we're, we think we're just going to ruin somebody's life if we just, you finish D2 and now you're still on the bench. Come on. Get in the game. Certainly. He said, certainly. I will be with thee. Man, I'm glad I kept showing up. It's not because I'm a superhero. Just dumb. The Lord knew that too. And that dumbness made me come and my car magically found its way here every Sunday. And I actually, I had something to preach because the Lord had given me that too. And he encouraged me by watching people despite me still growing, making decisions, getting disciple, getting saved, starting Bible studies. And all the while, my head is in hand most times for too long. Enough. Enough. 
I said in the first service, I said to these, to uh, Faith Fellowship, this is actually year one. Punt, we're just starting over. Because <laughs> now I'm here, all the way. It's good, man. I'm, I'm fine about it. <laughs> Don't bother me at all. I pray that this morning you would consider, is there something that, well, you got to do the same thing. What do you need to stand in that the Lord has put in front of you that you just kind of kick down the road? Man, stand in it. The Lord put it in front of you. I want you to pay attention to something here. In John 10, 28 and 29, I need to remind you of something in case you forgot it. You know this, but we need, to, we need to revisit it. It says, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Nobody. Nothing. That's the assurance that I'm getting from on high. As I'm secure. So that means it must be a lie of my flesh when I feel insecure. I have greater security than anyone that doesn't have what I have. No matter what physical possessions they may have, I have the Lord's assurance. I got you, son. Guys, you're going to need that. You're going to need to come to that decision that you actually agree with that. If you notice back in the text in verse 12, there's a guarantee of victory only through obedience, though. Notice what it says here. Let's read it again. It says, and he says, certainly I will be with thee, and listen, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee when, when thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God upon this mountain. So like this is the start point and the finish point. And when you come back, you're coming back with a group of people. Then you will know, Moses. See, listen, I, I, I am over the moon with the fact that the Lord is communicating that he is never satisfied with my state. So he's always making strides towards me. He's always giving me opportunity. He's always putting something in the way that I will have to, Lord, is this, yes, do, okay. Okay. And so little by little, I have to, I have to make these decisions. Guys, these are the decisions that is gonna truly work out to be that biblical response. Stop underestimating. Just be at peace that God is with you. You can do whatever it is that he puts in front of you, I'm telling you. Key point number three. Trust in the power of his name. And I know what you're thinking, like, oh, Dale, come on. Of course we do. Mm -I. No, we don't. See, here's the thing. We get over our salvation, and so what happens is, we understand that it is that name that I needed to be saved, and now all of a sudden it's insufficient when I'm having difficulties. And somehow now he is uh, powerless because I'm at, I'm uneasy, I'm uncomfortable. I may be in a season of difficulty. How is it that the Lord's name could mean anything? The only names I hear are the, the bill collector or this 
this thing or that, this addiction, this struggle, this circumstance, COVID, the unrest in the nation, all of these things, right? Are those things stronger than even the mention of Jesus' name? No. But that's not how we feel. And man, I'm telling you, the one thing that I had to be comforted concerning this matter for myself was just, Dale, yeah. say, t- say what he says to say. Keep it simple. I had to, I couldn't, with my inability and insecurity, I couldn't try to make a performance when it came time to preach in class. So the only thing that I could rely on was I'm going to have to go back to the the book and just read what it says and say what it says. and, And God moved every time I did that. Guys, listen. Don't be over your salvation. The most impossible thing that could have happened happened on Calvary. You are reconciled. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are reconciled to the Father through Jesus Christ's shed blood. That is an impossibility. The Lord made very possible. Man, what, it, you know, why do these things, why, you know, and I feel like kids seem to be more courageous, and the older you get, the more you just are like, <laughs> don't ask me to do anything. I can't. No, I can't. I'm terrible at it. I can't really talk. I can't really this. I can't really that. It's just... That's, we're actually making a statement about the Lord's power, not our own. We have disguised it. That insecurity is really a reflection of how we see him. That's the thing I had to realize. Like at the end of the day, the thing that was tearing me up the most and why I kept showing up is because something was telling me, Dell, you saying that about me. And I was like, oh, well, guess I'll see you guys on Sunday. Guess I'll tear up that resignation letter that I wrote. Kenny doesn't even know that. Wrote a resignation letter. Plan to give it. You just let let the fires come up enough. Here it is. The Lord said, I don't know. <laughs> Delete. <laughs> so, so listen, I because see, we gotta be honest. There is something again that you gotta get started doing that you got to understand that it don't stop just because you're fellowship leader. Circumstances are still tough. We've had a, a difficult year in faith fellowship with a class full of individuals that have suffered multiple deaths because of COVID, loss of jobs, kids going crazy. I mean, just whatever. Whatever, you know, their own health at risk. It's been tough. And yet... Because this was the year, for whatever reason, I just had enough. I was, I'm going to stand up. It's been awesome. Not that the suffering of the people that I have to shepherd is, is easy for me to watch, but I know what to do. I know who to go to. Man, I am so encouraged by that. I get to go on behalf of them who are maybe too weak in their situation to the Lord and say, Lord, can you move in this situation? And he has. Guys, Faith Fellowship, I think, you know, we started out, it was probably like 12 people. It's like 40 people now. Despite me, the Lord is still growing the class. So what would happen if I stood up? So I'll tell you, I've challenged the class with 
invite one and share the gospel with one. And I know what you're thinking, you're like, well, Dale, that's easy. I'll just do one. And I said, yeah, to, that, to them too. No, no, no. You got to be praying that in that invitation, whether it's to a Bible study or to faith fellowship or to church, that the Lord would move them into that individual to actually physically showing up. That means you got to continue in prayer. That means you might have to ask somebody else. So I'm trusting the Lord now to double the class by one. If we got 40, let's have 80. Not because I need any glory, but I have people in there that I am very much interested in making shepherds and evangelists. That's the goal. Those are the two, and that's male or female. Now, the ladies obviously won't be shepherding me or any of our guys, but the ladies, absolutely. Nobody off the hook. If you're gonna share the gospel, man, I know how that is, especially with adults. You know, you kind of fumbled around, you got to it, and maybe you kind of, you know, said something. It was a little clumsy. That's okay. The Lord is, you know, <laughs> he's gracious, right? And then you just say, well, done. No. No. Are you praying about that person? Are you praying for opportunity to show up in front of them again? See, the thing that I want to do now that I'm standing in the road, the Lord is telling me, he's like, Dale, come on. Come on. I'm not spending a lot of time looking at all the stuff I can't do. I'm just looking at all the things the Lord has asked me to do, told me to do, commanded for me to do. Man, this is incredible. It's nice to stand up for a change instead of being doubled over in agony, just asking for it to all end, like you just could stay in the bed, right? You just put the covers up. It's like when you're a kid, right? You know, like the boogeyman, for some reason, covers are impenetrable. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, so. That's terrible. <laughs> this is what happens in the second service. See, the first one was straight lace, very businesslike. I don't have my collar button. This is what happens. <laughs> but no, listen, man. I hope that you can even just see light on me. I feel light. You know, Brother James asked me, he said, man, how you doing? Man, I'm good. Ready to go. Even this morning when I was getting ready and just kind of looking over the notes, I'm just... Guys, it feels different. This is addicting. I haven't done anything. I'm just obeying the Lord. You know what I'm saying? That's what, that's what I mean. Man, trust in the power of his name. Fourth key point. This is huge. Communicate with your leaders. Communicate with your leaders. Verse 16, go and gather the elders of Israel together and say unto them, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you and seen that which is done to you in Egypt. Guys, listen, you have to stay close. The thing that I find myself saying a lot when I see people drifting, stay close to me. Stay close to me. Because now if I'm going to stand, I'm going to ask you to stand with me. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to stand with me. Stay close. 
When we drift away, it leads to a lot of imaginations. And one of the things that was just difficult was the imagination like I'm by myself and like these guys have just thrown me to the wolves. I know better though because they all love me. I'm in a very unique situation because each of the pastors I have been intimately in a space with, whether on a missions trip, in their Bible study, uh, coffee or dinner, or just in the house, chilling, in ministry with them, every last one of them. So now how could I come to that imagination? Again, it's that whole thing. When you embrace insecurity, it blooms into all kind of flowers, weeds. The Lord was like, man, stay close. So you know what I had to do? I had to get a Paul. In this role, oftentimes I'm telling you, okay, so that if you decide to go forward in your faith and you, and, and you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm going to move forward in here. You know, Kenny's asked me to do something or Dale's asked me to do something or, you know, Pastor James has asked me to do something. Okay, you, you got to stay close and you got to still have somebody that's going to pour into you. You have to. If you don't, I'm telling you, you're going to drift out to sea and this is the imagination. Now you're trying to do it Rambo style. That's not what the Lord designed you for. So I had to get Paul's. I've, I've had guys that can, I, there's an open door for them to be Honest and, and cut because the wounds of a friend. Necessary. And that's probably where things really started to change because you had the support. Even if you was hearing something, you kind of like, I'm going to choke you out if you say that again. Like, but you're right, so I can't. So forget it. <laughs> you know? And it didn't make me want to quit. It was just like, okay, okay, yeah. Guys, listen, I don't care how old you are. You need somebody to submit to. And the Lord has blessed us with the pastors that we have. I know these guys, and I know they are praying for us. And just as much as they are praying for me, they're praying for you. They want you to be a part. They want to see you develop into whatever it is that God has. Nobody is afraid of your success in this church. That's why Pastor Sam could say, hey, Dale, Batter up. Yes, sir. Man, I'm telling you, stay close to your leader. If you're in that class or whatever fellowships you're in or a Bible study that you're a part of or a discipler that, that is discipling you, man, don't go missing an action where people have to hunt you down on the phone and looking at your Instagram and Facebook trying to see what you are and you kicking it with a straw hat on in Miami, you're supposed to be in Bible study. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> well, no, man, listen, I'm serious. I think one of the things that while I was processing and not always saying even the right thing from the pulpit and, and, and because my pastors know that I really, I really actually love them all, to death, and I don't have favorites. I just love them all. God has put something in me that um, I realize is not, everybody doesn't have that. I feel most comforted by authority. My, my mother was very much an authoritarian, and so, but I understood that she loved me. So while she was hard on me, I, I wanted to be close to her. So my pastors are the same way, just nicer than mama was when I was. 
<laughs> and so it's just, you know, if I would have a vain imagination that may last for a day or two, well, it'd have to end at some point because I really know how these guys feel about me. And that's the kind of thing that when you make decisions like that, it helps you to actually own the thing that the Lord has put in front of you. See, again, remember, it's more than raising your hand. It's more than just telling Pastor Kenny, yeah, okay, I'll do that. Dun, 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 dun. And lights and the eagles and then like a B-52 bomber over this shoulder and the flag comes down. And No, it's not that glorious. <laughs> Are you going to be ready to preach next Sunday? Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> How do you make an outline? <clears throat> <laughs> So you probably like, you still don't know how to make it out. <laughs> but no, man, seriously. I can laugh about it, but man, at the time, oh man, it was killing me. I was probably one of the most miserable individuals. Because on one hand, it was like the spiritual man in me knew that everything that I was thinking and feeling was wrong and a lie from the devil in my flesh. But I was obeying it. I was entertaining it, you know? It just messed me up. So now I'm conflicted inside. The Lord's like, man, don't be conflicted. Just say no to that. So then, 2020, <laughs> the year, the year 2020, we will never forget, and everything after will change from that, right? And it was like, I'm gonna stand up in this role. And it's been awesome. Last key point. This one is huge. Oh, 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 wait, wait, I'm sorry. Let me go back. I need to give you this. First Peter 5.5, 5, the people on the PowerPoint are like, Dale, no. <laughs> Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you do what? Be subject one to another and be clothed with what? Humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. See, that's why the Lord ultimately, because I was never going to make war. I'm not that dude. I'm not making war with my leadership. I may have all these thoughts and imaginations in my head, but that was never going to come out to now on Facebook, I'm going to start, no, because that's a lie. I know it wasn't right, right? And so essentially, that humility, the Lord let me work through it. The pastors let me work through it. Praise the Lord. Thank God that they did. I'm here today, right? Man, be, be submitted. I know as an adult, you know, we, we all are leaders of something. If you have kids, you are a leader in the home, and if you, you know, you're the husband, you're a leader, over, you know, the wife and the kids, and maybe you're a leader at work, and I'll be submitted at church. So that way you can be submitted in all those other places that you dwell in. Be submitted. Key point number five. Critical decision, gotta come to. Expect immediate opposition from the enemy. Immediate. It's not the kind of thing that's going to delay. This is what I'm saying. You raise your hand. You filled out that clipboard. They ain't called you yet. The devil, he's going to, he will call you before you get called to show up to that thing that now somehow you worked out, oh, I'm not going to make it. Verse 19 says, and I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go. No, not by a mighty hand. I love that. I am sure that he won't. 2 Corinthians 4.8 says this, we are troubled on every side. These are guarantees, guys. I have to be honest with you. See, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to push you to a spot where you 
are, are having to make a decision that you will, for the first time, maybe start looking at whatever the Lord is doing in your life as opportunity, not just another thing to be a part of that you kind of ain't feeling. Then it's opportunity, right? So let me give you some guarantees that are going to show up. I think we had the answer in earlier decisions. You tell me. Let's read it. It says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Whose hands are we in? See, this is the thing. This is why you got to understand that. Just because you made that decision, the enemy very much wants to disrupt you following through that. And perhaps you have let yourself be a victim by his own devices. So now I'm telling you, I just cued you in. Just because you decided it ain't going to get easier. It will be harder. Somehow. Some way. But be encouraged because the Lord is with you. It is the Lord that has set this thing in front of you. Who can take it away from you? You. Just by walking away from it. If the Lord said, Dale, this podium is yours, and it's not going to move, generally what happens is the humans do this. They walk away. Guys, I'm not walking away. And I want to, and that, and the power of multiple years of just wrong thinking and all of these things, I'm done with it enough, I'm tired. I'm actually, stay tuned for Faith Fellowship. It's going to be must-see TV. Not for any glory for me, because I'm trusting the Lord to be at work in the lives of those people that I get a chance to shepherd. I believe that he will. We've already had one individual that has invited 16 people, and four of them showed up to their Bible study. Praise the Lord. Man, how many more? I just said one. She's already, I mean, she kind of is done, but I know. <laughs> more. Let's do more. And so I, wanna, I want you to look at a particular slide here, just so it steady your mind. When you got saved, that's that too. Remember, the Bible said you didn't even have a life until you got saved. Your death is on three. So look at all those hash marks in between. These critical decisions I just told you are the things that you're going to have to do in order to get to three. So what's, what's waiting over there for you? You know that the Lord's going to come and get you. You already know that, so you might as well be caught at work. And there's an opportunity for you to finish the thing that you started, show up to the thing that you signed up for. Help out on that cleaning team. Be a part. Be a part. Man, don't let it pass you by. Don't let your insecurities be the thing that defines you. That's not who you are. You are a son or daughter of God if you know who the Lord Jesus is. And so, with that, I want to give you an opportunity. Can I have the, the musicians and leaders to just kind of come up front. Listen, today is a day of opportunity. Guys, I wasted years, I think, being in this state 
this kind of a funk where I couldn't really enjoy what it was that God was even doing. And now I can see it clearly. Man, I want that very much for you. And so perhaps it is that your first decision that you got to make is one of salvation. And so when you come down, maybe that you need to now let somebody open up the scriptures for you and be able to show you how it is that you can be saved and know that you have salvation, that you will be eternally secured. Maybe it is that you've got to come down because there's a decision that you just need to leave something at the altar. You've been holding back because you're upset and you haven't, you haven't made those incremental steps. Man, maybe you're in it and you're in the throes of ministry, but you're kind of feeling burned out. You need to hit reset. I did it. I'm saying it publicly. Man, there ain't no shame to that. It's glory to God. Man, I pray that you guys will be excited about what it is that God's going to do with me. But listen, listen, I'm not, that's my story. What's yours? And so, as musicians lead us in song, I'm going to come down there. If you want to pray with me, Brother Kenny, Brother James, some of the ladies, Rachel, um, you know, come down. Let's pray. Don't leave here with another time of something that you were going to do something. You heard it at Mission Focus. You got excited about it. And now a couple weeks have passed. What happened to it? Are you going to Boston or not? You going to Tampa or not? Where are you going to go? What's that first step? Maybe you need to go to bed so you can wake up early so you can get in the Word. You see what I'm saying? What are those incremental steps? I gave you the critical ones, but there's other little ones. All right? And so, Rosie, would you lead us?